chat time. Praise the Lord, it's chat time again. Yes, praise the Lord, it's chat time once again. This week we will continue our discussion of current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So this week we will continue with our discussion that we started last week about what to pray when you don't feel like praying. And this article is written by a lady by the name of Bonnie Gray. And it starts out by saying, I didn't know that I was, I was hiding. I've always been good at praying, or so I thought. My dad left when I was seven. I've always looked to God as my father, my provider. What I didn't realize is that God wants me to be more than just my provider. God longs for my soul, soul's confidant, deep where I li feel lonely, where I struggle to receive and make space for me. So she's saying that loneliness was something that she usually covered up by getting things done. And it looked good because she was well rewarded for checking boxes, being productive, even in the ministry. But at the end of the day, even though she accomplished a lot, she never felt like she fully lived. And that's what she really wanted to do. I didn't make space for it to be known. I didn't nurture my soul with God. I find it easier to take care of others and get things done for God rather than be vulnerable with my needs. But... God was showing her prayer as an intimate soul conversation to be loved and known rather than a spiritual transaction. This sounds really deep, doesn't it? I, but I'm I, trying to figure out where she's, going, where she's going with the topic, you know, what to pray when you don't feel like praying. 
She feels like sometimes it takes more faith to tell God when we don't know how to pray rather than praying for, for faith to pray like we used to. Hmm. I don't know how she used to pray, although uh, she does say that um, the scriptures, she's uh, talking about the scripture in Matthew eleven twenty eight, where it says, Come all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And, okay. and she says, notice that Jesus doesn't say, Come to me strong, cheerful, without worries. He says the opposite. We're invited to come to him weary, whether confused, numb, anxious, angry, stressed. So maybe it was her, her interpretation of what she thought prayer was. I mean, maybe her concept of prayer was that you always had to be upbeat. Yeah, maybe that's how she's perceiving it. But I don't think most people perceive prayer as something that I think most people. Well, I don't know what most people, because I haven't met most people, but I'm thinking <laughs> I've always viewed prayer as just being able to unburden um, yourself and not only that, but be able to talk with the Lord and not just a one-way conversation, but the Lord talks and he makes his will and his presence known unto me. So it's, it's not just a, a one-way street. So she says that even though this is scripture in Matthew um, eleven twenty eight, she says that our desert prayer times are often met with well-meaning encouragement, like relationship with God isn't a feeling. Although partially true, she says this can dehumanize our connection with God. The psalmist reminds us that there are no easy answers. He himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are dust. But sometimes it takes more faith to tell God we don't know how to pray rather than praying for faith to pray like we used to. And I don't understand that statement that right. she's making. I don't either because... Um, so she said this is how she began to discover God's whispers of rest, powerful scriptures affirming God's love for her and learning about soul care and practical ways to feel God's peace and presence. I started to learn, learn how to love myself the way God loves me. I began researching ways to spark joy and take simple actions to prioritize my well-being. I didn't know it at the time, but these new daily rhythms became a new way of prayer for her, which became a book that she wrote called Whispers of Rest. So she have she's uncovered six uh, different ways on how to pray new intimate prayers and I don't know I don't, people need to know see, how like one you can do this two you can do that three. I don't think a person basically tell another person how to pray in that sense the only person I know of that can instruct an individual as to what and how to pray is the Lord when he gave them you know a, a sort of like a blueprint of or structure of how to pray I think the Holy Ghost well that blueprint and structure you mean the Our Father right which basically when the person gets saved and, and receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit then the Holy Ghost takes over so that you're praying in the spirit and not just repeating words. So some people think that you have to repeat our Father word for word in order to 
uh, be praying, but know the Holy Ghost will make an intercession for a person as they as they pray. So I'm thinking, um, I I don't know how to cost me to be intimate with the Lord. That's a very personal thing. How can someone describe what your feeling or what your heart, you know, interprets as being? intimate with God. Right, I know. So I, I, I know right now that we're not going to agree with everything that she says, but this is her her take on prayer. And the first one, she says, when you're overwhelmed, whisper his name. And she says, remember receiving a first love note? It didn't have to be long, yet your heart felt known seeing your handwritten name. It kept you company in the daily grind. Whisper. What in the world is she talking about? <laughs> Whisper. It, you know, this is more... Um, what day? What? This I is never more, received one, but... Okay. I never did either. <laughs> so. I never did either, but this is more carnal than spiritual. She says, Whisper his name and listen for his echoes return in the quiet. God names the stars and he whispers your name. So she's quoting Psalms 147... Oh, really? Verses 3 to 5. So she got that from the book of Psalms. So this is her interpretation I, of what she read in Psalms. I think so. Okay. So said, in verses 3 to 5. Okay, Psalms 147, 3 through 5. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. Great is our Lord, and of great power. His understanding is infinite. Okay. So how she got whisper his name out of that, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. But we should, I mean, but it is a good thing to call on the Lord. So when, when she's saying whisper his name, you're actually calling on the Lord. If I you, mean, he does heal the brokenhearted. Yes. And he knows the number of the stars, and he, he has a name for every one of the stars. So when, you, when you're calling on the Lord's name, so, so whether you whisper it, whether you say it out loud, if you are overwhelmed, if you're feeling, if you're underwhelmed, if you call on the name of the Lord. Uh, and uh, with a pure heart, you know, in faith, then the Lord will make his presence known. The Holy Ghost will make an intercession. And for those who don't have the Holy Ghost... So when, when you, you say when you call on the name of the Lord, I mean, and you, so you you're overwhelmed, God. you're just saying the name Jesus? Sometimes you're right. Sometimes it's all a person can, can manage to say. You see, and if you don't have the Holy Spirit, if you call on the name of the Lord, if you say the name uh, of Jesus, if you're asking God to undertake or to help you, if you do that, the Lord will make his presence known. It's you recognizing that God is, and, you, and you're exercising your faith in him, and God will make his presence known. So he, And maybe that's what she means by when you're so overwhelmed, you just call out to him, whisper right. his name. Just call out to him. Yes, in, in your heart. And you, sometimes you might not even be able to form the words. Mm -hmm. So the next uh, one is based on Romans 8.34. It says, when you don't have words to pray, rest knowing that Jesus is praying for you. 
Your silence will not drive Jesus away. Nothing can separate you from his love, not even your unrest. He'll never get tired of you. Sometimes the greatest prayer we can experience is God's complete understanding and compassion, his presence. Romans 8 and 34 reads, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us? Right. He, he does it through the Holy Ghost. Because he says, we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Ghost maketh intercession for us. So, so um, in essence, it's the Holy Spirit that's interceding on our behalf. Christ is interceding on our behalf. And so through the Spirit... He makes intercession for us. Mm -hmm. and because we don't we don't know how to pray as we and should. And it's true. He never does get tired of you. No. He doesn't get tired of you like people get tired of you. He right. doesn't get, you know, you could come to him a hundred different times about the same thing, and he'll still listen. Right. And, we'll and eventually all, you'll get an answer. That's what we're in, supposed to do. Always pray. Always go to the Lord. Always seek his direction. Always. Now, the... Third one is based on Second Corinthians chapter one, verse four, and she says, "When you're too stressed to pray, take care of you." We are a generation who doesn't know how to express our souls to God, even though we drive ourselves exhausted doing for Jesus. Chronic overloading is not a spiritual prerequisite for authentic Christianity. Quite the contrary. Overloading is often what we do when we forget who God is. And I guess she was quoting Richard Swenson. Extend yourself the kindness and comfort you generously give others. Ironically, the times we most need God's comfort are the times we deprive ourselves of soul-nurturing time. We feel selfish, yet God says we can only comfort others with the comfort we first receive ourselves. Instead of layering on guilt, let God love you through your choices to prioritize taking care of you. So the scripture is 2 Corinthians 1 and 4. It reads, Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So that particular step is... How she said, that when you prayer? are too stressed to pray, take care of yourself. Take care of you. Mm. Okay, when you're, when you're too stressed, stressed to, to pray... pray. <laughs> Now, now, Maybe about, you're overextending yourself. Well, see, I guess, I guess what I'm having a problem with is that if I'm conscious enough to be aware of the fact that I'm stressed, then I don't think I'm too stressed to pray. See, only way I think a person can be in a position where they can't pray is if they're in a coma. See, <laughs> and I, that's true. Because, and even then, I believe a person is praying in the spirit. So I, I don't. I think you might be too stressed. 
in the sense to communicate with other people. You might feel like you need to have a long time, but I don't think in your spirit you're that stressed that you can't acknowledge God because somewhere along the line, if you are aware of enough to know that you're stressed, then you are capable of praying. All right, number four is based on the scripture in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 11 to 12. And she says, when you feel numb, invite Jesus into your world. Journal. Instead of struggling to reach Jesus, invite Jesus to enter your world. Research in an article by the New York Times shows the power of writing your personal story can lead to behavioral changes and improve happiness. Even 15 minutes of expressive writing makes a difference. When we journal our stories with God, we give him space to rewrite our stories with us. Mm. The word is the... Greek word logos translated as living voice. God is not limited to the written word. God uses everything living to speak into our lives. This includes journaling. So the scripture is Hebrews 4, verses 11 to 12. And it reads, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So, she's saying... I know Journaling what she's saying. Instead of struggling Lord. to reach Jesus, invite him into your world by writing. This has nothing to do this scripture. I don't I don't I don't get how she connected the two. But uh I don't I don't get that. I, I, I know you said some things we will agree with and some things we won't, but I, I don't believe journaling would help me. You know, if I if I have to, you know, that's like, isn't it like a diary? Yes, it is. But when we struggle to enter into the the rest, you know, I don't, I don't, I can't even make a comment on it because it makes no sense to me. That's I guess that's what I'm trying to say. What what she's saying doesn't really register. You can't reach Jesus. You can't reach him. You can if you have the if if you're trying. Uh, to reach the Lord, I mean, he's already here. Where does he say God was? He said he's right there. He's right there in your mouth, right there. He's as close as just speaking. He's as close as just a, a phrase. He's just that close. So it's a person's trust in the Lord. So you never, ever give your trust away. You just trust that the Lord, that, that he is, that he hears you, and that he won't deceive or trick you you know so if you ask of him bread he's not going to give you a stone if you ask him fish he's not going to give you a snake he's not going to give you something that's contrary to the word he's always going to edify he's always going to build up so you just same way a child goes to the father seeking uh the father's protection or or advice or nurture you just you go to the lord in your heart you just go to him 
So when she's saying journaling, I, you might, I, I, I would not sit down and try to, to write. That to me, that's, that's something that you do natural, but it's nothing to me that could connect me spiritually with the Lord. And also, he said in his word that if you seek me, you're going to find me. If you seek me with your whole heart, you right. you gonna find so me. I, he said, "I'm not hard to find. Right. You can find me." And when you ha- yes, and for those of you who have the Lord, you want to keep him. For those who you're seeking God, you're going to find him. There's just there isn't. I I don't get that one. I'm not sure either. But instead, it, it, I'm trying to it, I go over and over what she said. Instead of struggling to reach Jesus, invite him to enter your world. Well. That's, that's, that's that reaching you him. You should be doing that all the time. I, right. I, that's a habit with me. I ask the Lord, I invite him to come with me <laughs> when I go into the car or any place. I ask, because you know, you know that, he's, me. That, that he's with you because he, his spirit is, is there. The Holy Ghost is, is there. Now, if you're seeking deliverance in the sense that you want to receive the Holy Spirit, that, that's one thing where you're seeking him. But we seek the Lord once we're saved in the sense that we know that he's there. We're looking for God to enrich us, to enlighten us, to give us understanding, to give us wisdom, knowledge. I, you know, it, it's, it's almost like there's, a, there's God out there and there's a separation between you and the Lord. There should be no separation. There's that spiritual connection and it's constant. Unless yeah, he, he also said in the scripture, he said, come those that are heavy laden and burned. So he wants you to come. Right, I don't get that. Unless she's talking about um, she's not getting an answer that she is looking for and, and to you a might not problem, I don't know. It might not come right away. So the next one doesn't have a scripture attached to it. She just says, number five, have an honest conversation. Take a walk. Find God's love notes. And then she says, Max Lucado, in a breathcast interview, said prayer must be an honest conversation with God and not a repetitive act. I don't pray for long periods of time. My prayers are relatively brief. The times I really feel blessed through prayer is when my prayers are sincere. When I kind of think through what I'm going through or I'm going through a hard time and I use that prayer to talk to God about everything. Take a walk outside and let God touch you. Research shows that just 10 minutes can refresh and help with anxiety, depression in school, work, and everyday life. So she's mixing natural actions with spiritual results. So she's saying take a walk and commune, I guess, look around. That's fine. As far as the person wanted to take a walk, but I mean, she could have used the scripture, you know, come let us reason together or circumcise the foreskin of your heart. She could have used scriptures whereby you're going before God and, you you know, you you want to uh, crucify an old man. You want to hate any garment that's spotted, you know, uh, you, you want to come to God and lift up holy hands. You want to have a clean heart. I mean, there are plenty of, of, of scriptures. Not everybody is nature-oriented. Not everybody likes to stroll, uh, you know, in a park. So I don't use those natural things to to tell a person this is how you get to the Lord. You go by faith, you know, and then, and the leading of the Holy Spirit, and then as the Lord leads you, that's how you find yourself going. That's the direction you find yourself going in. I, I, I don't, 
understand, you know, basically Well, I'm a little coming. stuck on where she says I don't pray for long periods of time. My prayers are relatively brief. The times I feel, really feel blessed through prayers when my prayers are sincere. So she has insincere prayers? I don't know. You know, that, I, I don't know. I mean, but I can't say... I do have, while I'm going on my business throughout the day, have brief prayers or while I'm getting ready for whatever I'm going to do. But I think it's a good practice to set aside a, a time, whether it's in the morning or the evening or the afternoon, you set aside some time and, and you pray. Right. And it's on a daily basis. Maybe I, she means an effectual fervent prayer because you know instead of sincere maybe that's what she's saying you know because because you know sometimes we pray and then there are times when we do a fervent prayer and i think it's necessary to have fervent prayers effectual fervent prayers you know and maybe that's what she meant instead of sincere because i think all prayers should be sincere but some prayers are more fervent than others well she labeled it have an honest conversation take a walk I don't know. I I don't find myself, I mean, I can, while I'm walking, while I'm driving, while I'm in the grocery store, I have a talk with the Lord. Right. I, but while, but I have s separate times where I just pray. Right. And maybe that is, turns out to be a little bit longer. And it, some it would be, would. And, and more fervent, because when you're in a public place, you know, you can only you can only pray to a certain extent, you know. As but when you're in the in privacy, just like when Jesus was in the garden and he was praying, you know, that personal time between mm -hmm. you and the Lord that's something that's that's very personal, and that you not necessarily you can't do that in in a public atmosphere. There are times when it's just you and the Lord. Yeah, there are times when. Uh you want to have that intimate connection with the Lord where you want to have the yokes to be broken, where you want to have those chains loosened, where you want to have, um, where you want to get a prayer through, where you want to have, um, I mean, where you pray that you break through. Right. Mm -hmm. All right, number six, and the scripture attached to this one is in First Kings chapter 19. Verse 7, and she says, when you're too exhausted to pray, stop and rest. Elijah had done everything he knew to do, even defeating the prophets of Baal. Yet his problems did not go away and actually got worse. Stress broke Elijah's spirit. In despair, Elijah woke up to find fresh bread baking on hot stones and water left just for him. Not only that, God sent an angel to touch him twice. God knew Elijah needed physical rejuvenation first in order to hear his gentle voice whispering in a gentle breeze. So when you find it hard to pray, don't be afraid. You're standing at the very cusp of who God longs to connect with, the real you. So take the time to rest because you're worth it. And the scripture reads... And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, 
because the journey is too great for thee. Right, but her interpretation to me is kind of off-center because Elijah, he wasn't breaking because... What did she say? What was his reason? He was stressed? Stress broke his spirit, Elijah's spirit, and in despair, he woke up to find fresh bread baking on hot stones and water left just for him. Elijah... Uh, let fear overtake him. You know, he was. A, sometimes you go through and and you're not like Peter. You don't look at the waves, and all of a sudden you start to look at the waves. You start to look at your circumstance, and then it makes you afraid. And he had done some things, but then he began to think about who Jezebel was, and out of fear, he put himself in a situation where. The Lord had to send the angel to rescue him. That's basically he got himself into a situation where God had to send the angel after him in order to reel him back in. Because what was the first thing God asked him? He said, what are you doing here, Elijah? What, why, why are you here? See, so he got himself in trouble. And yes, we're supposed to rest because I remember uh, Paul talked about, I think his name was Rephagite. He, um, he fell ill taking care of Paul for, you know, uh, before then, Paul had been relying, I think, on the uh, Philippians, and uh, somewhere along the line, they couldn't help him the way they had once helped him, and so this one saint was near death, trying to make sure that Paul would be uh, taken care of, so he had to rest, and that's true, you have to rest, and sometimes you're, you're so weak, but in your spirit, you still... In your spirit, right. I don't right. care if Not you're resting, physically. you're lying down, you're just resting, right. you're still... In your spirit. Inside. Commu right, communicating with God. Inside of you, you still... You're still communicating with I the mean, Lord. it doesn't say, take a break. Take a break from praying. Don't... I, that's not how I take it. But anyway, that was that article. And we're going to stop because that's the end of our program here. And uh, we'll continue next week with new topics. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from John 14 and 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I said unto you. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord, and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, how should you follow the Lord? And the answer is, as children and by walking in love. That can be found in Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 to 2, which reads, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. This week's food for thought is, If you are planted in the house of the Lord, What's going to happen to you? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.